Okay, the troll swings his clubs at you, and he delivers a devastating blow. No, no, he didn't. What do you mean he didn't? He definitely hit you. Look, but but I can see the roll there. You you made it right there. That's a 12. My AC is a 14. He did not hey, hit. Hey, you're not supposed to be looking at my dice. Nonetheless, that, my friend, is a 12. All right, fine. But no more looking at my dice. Should have gotten yourself a DM screen is all I'm saying. Yeah, I guess so. But before you do, tell me about that secret of Shalvara that I see written on the paper over there. This time on Becoming DM, we're talking about DM screens. Hey everyone, this is John. And this is Danielle. And I know that a lot of people that come to this game via because they've seen it in media, like uh, Stranger Things or Community or a variety of other uh, media that are, that are out there, they're, they're going to be used to seeing the DM sitting behind this like wall of cardboard. That's what I like to call it, the wall of cardboard. And and um, when you get when you start playing the game, you'll find that that. There are some DMs that use that. It's a DM screen, and there's some some that do not. And so we thought it'd be good about to talk about DM screens in general, how uh, how people use them, what what things you can do with them, uh, reasons that you should use and reasons that you shouldn't, and uh, and just really explore deeply into the DM screen. And I know Danielle, you are like into the DM screens, right? Oh, I love them. I I don't. I don't think I could do D&D without my DM screen. I don't think I'd like that at all. But <laughs> it actually surprised me when you when you told me that you didn't use one. Yeah, I don't. I have actually never used a DM screen. So Never? Never. Uh, maybe should, it's something should I should try, try at some point. Friend. It is um, a good time. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, from my background, when I started playing, I was, um, I was a kid in, in elementary school back in the 80s. And we would play D and D wherever we could. So sometimes that meant we were taking a scout trip across the country in the back of the back of this bus, and we were using a, a the uh, box lid for our basic set as the dice rolling tray on the floor in, in between the rows of seats. So there was really no room in a lot of those situations for a DM screen, and I just got used to that being the way that we played, and so never really thought about even using one. Wow, yeah, I guess I guess so. I maybe I just didn't travel enough. Because, <laughs> <laughs> uh, like as a kid, like I played D&D as a kid too, but my first DM screen, I uh I I I just cut pieces of a box apart and then I cut chunks of magazine out and stuck them to it <laughs> so that it would look fancy. I, nobody can see this, but I'm using some pretty serious air quotes here for fancy. <laughs> so since you are, uh, we'll call you the resident expert on the show about DM screens, uh, why don't you get us kicked off with just telling us a, a little bit more about what the purpose of the DM screen is? Um, well, the purpose of the DM screen, if you look at it, like just like the basics, is uh, it gives the DM or the GM the ability to keep a secret or to keep things secret or hidden or whatever, because it, it acts as a visual barrier between you and your players is kind of the goal there. Mm -hmm. um, so you can hide your roles, 
like like kind of we discussed at the in the intro to this, or your notes. Again, uh, part of the intro. It's like you don't want your players to see, you know, you know, maybe you've got like this really good idea and you just like jotted it down really quickly. And so it's in like relatively large writing. It's easy to read for them. And it just says, uh, ha ha mimic. Right. And they, they might be able to see that and, and kind of anticipate that. And so you want to be super sneaky DM and you hide it. Um, because everybody knows screen. that's how DMs write our stuff down. Ha ha, mimic. The party will die. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, wouldn't you be surprised to look at my notes? <laughs> um, uh, but the, yeah, there's lots of stuff that you can hide behind them. I, it's one one of my favorite things uh, that I'm able to hide. I mean, rolls are nice because it can you can you know, whatever you're going to do with the roles, but also like miniatures. Like if the party doesn't know that they're about to encounter like a mimic or a skeleton or something, and you're using miniatures at the table, you can just have that hidden behind your screen. And when the time comes, it da, 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 you've already found it. You've pre-prepared for the skeleton to come out and it's just sitting behind the screen with you. And, uh, and so your party doesn't get that kind of tip off. Right. Yeah, and, and I will say that right there is the is the one reason that I have considered using a DM screen. Uh, again, when I was younger, we weren't using minis. It was all theater of the mind, so we didn't have to hide those. Uh, and really up until I started running Pathfinder several years ago, I had not used minis in, in, in combat, as I've mentioned on the show before. Now that I do, I, I do think about, like, well... Am I going to, do I need to hide this or what? And so typically what I end up doing is I have a table behind me that has all of the minis on it and I just go and grab, grab things and put it on the table from there. So generally speaking, people don't know what, what I could possibly grab from that because there are just too many things to be in a single combat. <laughs> yeah, I guess if you have the shelf right behind you, I'm, I'm really bad at like finding things quickly. Well, and that that is uh, that is the challenge is is that um, I don't necessarily find things quickly. Sometimes I end up just having this this mini stands in for this monster because I don't necessarily also have all the minis that I would like to have for something like that. Yeah, that's the other thing is is uh, there's I don't know. I'd, let's take a rough estimate at fifteen hundred different types of monsters. Yep. Having an actual physical miniature for each one of them, not to mention the fact that, congratulations, you've got one goblin mini. <laughs> right? How often do you only need one goblin? All the time. <laughs> all, all the time. This is Grick. He's our friend. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. And so, ooh, uh, another thing that you can hide behind there. And uh, I like doing this one because props are my favorite, and you can hide props behind them. And, and I love a good uh, prop, so yeah. Props are great. Hashtag win for props. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but props, there's something that's like so intensely cool, but they're the coolest moment that you can kind of like um, show the props to your players is, is at the exact moment in the game where it becomes relevant, right? Yep. And so if, if, if you know that they're going to find this super cool thingy, right, and you just have it sitting on the table next to you, um, you know, people will kind of, like, see it, get an eyeball on it, and be like, oh, that might come into play later. And when you bring it out, they're like, aha, I knew that that was going to come into play, that kind of thing. 
But when they have zero anticipation of a prop and you, like, pull out a scroll from behind, you know, your DM screen, um, I'm not sure how many other DMs have experienced this with, like, a good prop placement, but the glittery joy in your player's (laughs) eyes, right? When you even just, like, I made miniature scrolls once. I'm talking, like, they were... They were like the size of the top two knuckles of like my pinky finger. And my players were absolutely elated when I brought them out. And that feels great. Yep. And and I will say that that, that has been my experience as well. It, when you when you when you have a prop that is very well integrated into your story and it's and it's something also that maybe helps move forward the story. Uh, it just th- those just add to the uh, wonderment in in players' eyes, and so it, it, a well executed prop, I think, I think can uh, really enhance the game. So being able to reveal it in uh, in a certain manner, a uh, certain way, certain time uh, is important for that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So the other things that you the, the that are that are kind of the purpose of the DM screen is because you have this whole. Um, I'll call it DM facing side of this screen that's sitting in front of you, you can have stuff on the back of it. So that stuff could be rules that you have to commonly look up. And I know that, that when I was going between, um, between Pathfinder and D and D and running games in both, there was always a rule or two that was, was different in between the two. And I would, I would, I would jot them down on a notepad somewhere and just having them up on on a, a screen like this could be beneficial because you don't have to worry like where on my notepad is this. You just look up and be like, "Oh, this is how this is what happens when someone's dying," um, which is actually, <laughs> which is actually the rule that I kept on like like blanking on for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dying. What do I do? I don't know. <laughs> um. Commonly forgotten or needed rules uh, can be found on a lot of them. And something just just as a side note, because I've seen a lot of like static um, things out there. But what I do is uh, is I I change out the rules on my DM screen for like specifically what what uh, they might need. So if uh, if I know that my players are are heading into like an underwater area, I'll print out a sheet of rules for underwater combat underwater actions, movements, all these things like swim speeds, all that all that stuff. And uh, I'll just pin that to my to my DM screen. And then it's not even just your common rules, it's these obscure rules that you that you don't interact with like mm-hmm. commonly and and normally and you can put those on your DM screen for reference too, which I find super awesome. Yep. And and then uh on on again on that more dynamic side you can do things like monster stat blocks. So if you know you've got these three types of monsters coming up, you can put their stat blocks there so that when it's time to, to roll them out, you've got your minis in front of you, you drop them on the table, you don't have to open up your your bestiary or monster manual or whatever. Uh, you you have it there in front of you already ready to go. And- yeah, having having that stuff prepared is huge. And then finally, on that kind of data perspective, is if you have details of the setting that you've created or details of setting that you're running that's pre-published, you can um, you can put those kind of key details that you know that you're going to need to remember for that session, for the next couple of sessions, whatever on there, so that they're easily referenceable. 
That's actually a really good idea. I don't think I've ever actually done that. Ooh, the student has become the master. No. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. There's always like these these eccentricities of, of specific areas and just putting that. And that's why I love the DM screen is because it's something that's that's in my line of sight um, that is so easy for me to reference. And when I find, like, just slap a post-it note on it, like forgetting the death rules, right? Yep. You just stick a post-it note on it. Don't forget that two of your party members are confused at start of game, right? And just, like, stick it on there. And then it's just there. Outside of game, like the players are? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, uh, did I say outside? I meant like at Joe start. is confused. Don't forget <laughs> Joe's that. so confused. I don't know. I've been trying to explain to him. You got to roll the d20 and then add. No, it's. <laughs> so I, I think that, that we probably need to move on to kind of our next uh, next part. And I think it's answering the question, do you need a DM screen? And I think that just by listening to, to Danielle and I talk right now, it's obvious that you don't have to have one to play. I know that I know that people getting into into the game, especially if they're first time players that are running a game, may be like, "What all do I need to buy to to do this?" And they may get all caught up in all of the things. And maybe maybe a DM, DM screen is outside of outside of the the budget. Um, if that's the case, it's not the end of the world. Uh, you no. you can you can definitely run games without it. Uh, you can also run games with it, and and there are there are reasons to use them and reasons not to use them. And uh, we're going to get into those right now. And since Yay. Danielle, you are uh, you are pro uh, DM <laughs> screen, I'll have you kick us off with the reasons to use them. All right. So the reasons for having a DM screen are. Plentiful, you know. Um, so most importantly is so that the players don't see your secret stuff. That's yep. the point. You hide this is my secret, and and I hide it behind, you know, some sticks or a piece of wood or some cardboard or a piece of paper. It doesn't matter. But it's that's my secret stuff, and they can't see it. And I'm going to surprise them with a log. A log, yeah. A log would work, yeah. Like I said, I played in the Scouts. We played at campsites a lot, so you could use a log as a DM screen. <laughs> Definitely could. Or, pro tip, just the bark, right? There you go. Then you get, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, another reason for using it, especially if you get one of those pre-made ones, is easy access to the rules. Um, you know, a lot of them can become pre-printed, right? And you just set them up and you're good to go. Yep. Um you can also, you can build things in that benefit you, right? Like a dice tower. Everybody loves a dice tower. Do you have dice towers? I do not. I just use a little di- a rolling tray and, and call it a day. Um, I don't know. I my Everyone that I've seen, and it could just be that I've not seen the right ones, they seem like they're very loud. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they take longer than me just throwing the dice into the dice tray. <laughs> they absolutely do. And so... Um, I, I agree with that. So I, I use a rolling tray too, except mm-hmm. for very important rolls. On very important rolls, I use my dice tower. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I, I like to think it, yeah, it adds to the suspense because you're, you're absolutely right. It does take longer to roll the die. And I mean, that's fine for a player to do who's rolling, you know, one die every time the, the circle gets back to them. But when I have to roll a hundred dice for, for all these different <laughs> things... Um, using a dice tower every single time might be a little bit excessive, but I do I do enjoy having my dice tower for for those purposes. Nice. 
Um, other things that you could you could potentially have that benefit you as a DM are are things that go on the the DM facing side that hold stuff for you, uh, dice, minis, um, any sort of like maybe maybe you use uh, dry erase markers holding the markers and and stuff all in place so that everything has a place and you know where to find it. Um, that does require a, a significant amount of customization, and you're probably not going to be using the things that you get from um, Wizards of the Coast Hasbro for something like that. But we'll talk about a little later about where to source some of these uh, DM screens uh, later in the episode. So we'll get to that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And you can also build. So those are things that can help you as the DM, but you can also build things in that benefit the players and also yourself, uh, which would be. And I think that this one's probably the most common past, you know, like notes or whatever, but an initiative tracker, some sort of system to track initiative that um, your players can see and you can see. I, I always do it both. So everybody can see the same thing. And then uh, and then people, the best part is that everybody knows when their turn is coming up and they yep. don't forget that they, oh, oh, I didn't realize I was after the bard. Right. And so they haven't put any time thinking about their turn. And I think this is actually really hugely beneficial for the players because um, typically the way that I've done this in the past has been I write it all down on a piece of paper. <laughs> and then I go through the piece of paper and I say, you're next, you're next. And and just giving players the opportunity to see, oh, wait, uh Thomas is going next and then Sally is going and then it's my turn. So I, I need to start reading through my spells and make sure that I got the right spell per, that I, that I want to use. And, mm-hmm. and it, it's that, that visual, Hey, uh, you need to be thinking about what you're doing because your turn's almost here kind of situation. Absolutely. Although now that we're talking about it, I'm kind of wondering if, if players being able to see the initiative tracker encourages metagaming. Like, like sorting turns based off of what's coming up. So I I see this a lot at my table. So somebody would be like, oh, okay, so it's me and then it's, and then it's the bard and then it's the fighter and then it's the bad guy. So if we get so-and-so to do X on their turn, that lines up perfect for Y on their turn. And then, and they kind of like build out this plan that's extremely turn specific. Mm -hmm. I don't know that I have a big problem with that i think that that's like if if my players have have the um thought to think tactically like that to where they are working together to to defeat an enemy i think that's actually good at at, for my (laughs) table um sure i'm sure that there's some point where it becomes too much or whatever but but for for from my perspective um, again, going back to what we t- keep on talking about the 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 five year old soccer team teaming up on the soccer ball and just cir- circling around enemies like that. If you compare that to to a team that's thinking about how their their moves interact with the other other players' moves, I think mm-hmm. that's a that's an improvement overall. It does. It gets some really awesome conversation around the table, and so I'm thinking that that might be like an additional actual benefit to to the visible initiative tracker beyond yeah. players just being able to prep for their own turn, but players being able to work more seamlessly as a team. So interesting thought. Mm, mm. Um, yeah. So anyways, sorry, I got sidetracked on the initiative tracker thing. <laughs> um, 
But also you can – so other things that you can add to your DM screen that will help the players is pictures, right? So on my side of the of the DM screen, I've got notes. I've got so many notes. Um, notes, rules, you know, just all these important reference things and tools. And But on their side, right? Because then, then they've just got like this blank screen. Or do they? Dun, dun, dun. You can put pictures <laughs> – you can put pictures that are helpful to them. So a lot of times what I'll do is I make up little town maps or whatever or regional maps or a picture of uh, of of like the bad guy or something. And uh, you can just stick that to the DM screen on their side. And so then that gives them something to reference. It gives all of them something to look at. So everybody's kind of on the same page. And it's not just another piece of paper that's flat on the on the table surface in front of you which if you're trying to save space because you're using you know miniatures and a, and a battle grid and all that kind of stuff um having additional maps just laying about the table uh not only causes clutter but can cause um you know people not being able to see it properly and and other various issues yeah, I I like the idea of having some sort of visual rep- representation especially when you said uh, picture of the bad guy that they're dealing with or something like that. I could see this also maybe for key NPCs when they're having more of a role play type interaction. And uh, I, I saw an interesting conversation the other day where, where somebody was asking if, 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 if people felt like with all of these uh, visual representations that are being brought into the game through, uh, through digital tools and AI art and stuff like that, if they think that people are being less creative, less imaginative as part of the game. I don't know that I that I think it does. I think that um I think that actually it, it can help those people that may be struggling um to actually take it a step beyond what they're seeing and be more more imaginative than they uh, more imaginative than they otherwise would be. Yeah, I think for some people um I don't think being like incredibly imaginative comes super easy to everyone, right? Yep. And so visual aids can definitely assist people who who struggle with that kind of uh, with that kind of creativity, right? Cuz there's lots of different forms of it and some people can't can't do that stuff on their own. I know I've I've read posts and things about people who like read books and when you're reading the book and say you're reading the original Lord of the Rings and you're picturing Legolas, right? Yep. But when you when they mentally picture Legolas, they're physically just picturing the word because they couldn't be. I don't. I, I shouldn't put it that way. Um, <laughs> be, they either they either can't, they don't want to, they're unable to, whatever the reason is. But they they just picture the word. They don't picture like a character, right? Right. And so for people who struggle with that kind of, um, I don't know, imaginary manifestation, I guess uh, having visual aids is so helpful. Yeah, and I I will freely admit that that sometimes I am that person uh, where you where did. yeah where which is odd being the DM but um, but yeah sometimes I I will struggle to visually represent something that's in my head based upon descriptions and stuff like that um, not all the time but sometimes I do struggle with it so yeah so um, basically anything that we can do to help although I I try to do a mix of both of them right because I do like every I enjoy everybody kind of working out their creative muscle but at the same time I don't want to I I know that I have uh, a couple players who who do struggle with it and so I try to blend it both so that the people who really like to let their their creativity their imagination kind of like run wild 
I, I try to bring both of those options to the table as, as, uh, as well balanced as I can. Yeah, and that's the thing is just because we're using visual aids for one thing does not mean we have to use them for everything. So Yeah. So, but you know, at, based on your point, because you, you said people are getting less creative, possibly, because it used to be the only option, right? Right. So, I, I don't know. I think worth reading into. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's an interesting discussion for another time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever finished running a session of your favorite role-playing game and thought to yourself, I'm not really sure I ran that the right way? Or maybe you just tried out something new in your game and it worked really well and you want everybody to know about it. If so, you may have the perfect idea for a future episode of Becoming DM. Point your browser to becomingdm.com ideas and fill out our simple form to tell us all about it. You can even let us know that you'd like to be a a guest co-host for the topic. Submitting your ideas helps John and Danielle relieve pressure on their brains so they can record more episodes. Go to becomingdm.com slash ideas today to submit your episode idea. Now let's get back to the show. So let's maybe move into reasons why you may not want to use a DM screen, because I do think that you need to evaluate the reasons for or against and see whether it's it's a fit for you and your table. And I, I think the, the the first thing to talk about is that that it can be a barrier for play. And and we've talked about how it's a barrier to, to protect the privacy of the DM and stuff like that. But I think there's also a negative side to that. So if you're using minis and, and, and maps and stuff like that, then um, it could be, a, it could be a, a, an issue for placing those on the battle map. Or maybe instead of just reaching out and placing them, you now have to stand up and reach over your DM screen and stuff like that, which might not be the easiest thing for some people. I know that, that for me, I typically reach out for most of them and, and place them. Sometimes I have to stand if it's on the way other side of the, of the, the of the map, but by and large, I'm sitting while I'm placing because I'm just dang lazy. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that this next one I think is probably in my mind, the most important uh, is, is that the, the separation between DM and players can sometimes make it seem like it is a DM versus player situation where it's the players against the DM and it's not a collaborative storytelling that game that we've all been playing. Uh, that doesn't mean that it, that it has to be a DM versus player. It just might set the, the perception, the expectation in players' minds that this is, this is the way it's going to be. It's it definitely kind of lends itself to that air, because there it's it's a visual divider, right? Mm-hmm. This is me and that is you, right? You're all on that side and I'm on this side, and I think in that regard it does kind of lend itself uh, very easily to that that versus scenario, or versus mentality. Yep. Yeah. Um, I think so. Just jumping on the on the reasons against bandwagon. You, you were mentioning about putting your minis on there. Something that I kind of uh, always struggle with, and I don't know, maybe it's because I'm short, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> is visibility, right? So there's there's those squatty little um, 
DM screens, but I like I like the eight and a half by elevens for my notes and pages and things. But then when I'm comfortably sitting on my side, uh, I can see my players, but I cannot see the battle map. Do we right? need to go back to the eighties and get you a yellow pages to sit on? possibly and and i find myself i'm I'm constantly doing like these little half squats to like stand up and look because Mm -hmm. my players they'll be like what's that and they'll just point at some arbitrary thing but i can't see what they're pointing at and so i have to stand up and be like that's a column and i sit back down and they're like what's that and i stand back up i'm like that's also a column there's six in the room (laughs) it looks just like the other column doug and they'll point to every (laughs) single column and ask what's that and i stand up every single time i'm like guys there's six of them all there's six boxes in the room six columns all the boxes are columns they're like is this one that too (laughs) Oh, and I stand up again because I'm not sure what they're pointing at. I, I can't see it at all. And so um, that's that's my biggest against for DM screens and my biggest yeah. frustration with them anyways. Yeah. Um, and I think this this next reason kind of leans into that a little bit, but in a different different way. Uh, one of the reasons you might not want to do it is just from the strict size of it. Um, because of how it kind of sets up around your space as a DM, it does take up a fairly good amount of space at your table. So if you're already playing in a space-constrained environment, um, like the back of a school bus, (laughs) (laughs) um, you may not be able to use a DM screen. Um, and, and, And I joke about the back of the school bus, but I've played at tables where it was basically a folding table, and, and there's no way that a DM screen was gonna gonna fit on this thing um, if we wanted to have four players, um, and we had five. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. so I, I think that that's something to consider as well. Is is do you actually have space to fit this on your table and have everybody continue to sit comfortably? Yeah, if if you're going to kind of if it's going to hamper the fun of the game, it's definitely not worth it. And and having that that space restriction can hamper it. I know it would it would physically hamper my fun as a DM to to have this big bulky screen in the way, and and just that space restriction. I don't like that. It feels kind of yep. claustrophobic. The 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 kind of final area of of reasons that you might not want to want a DM screen really revolves around how you roll dice and if you use digital tools. So I, I think the combination of those two um, could warrant you to say, yeah, I don't even need a DM screen. So for instance, I roll my dice out in the open. I don't care if the players see what I roll. Um, I typically am not fudging my dice. And, and frankly, my players typically aren't even paying attention to the roll. They're just listening to what I say, uh, which is, I know not necessarily every table is going to be like that, but it's how my tables typically ended up. So because I don't need to roll my dice in secret and because I'm using digital tools, I have my I have a, a little portable monitor that sits fairly low on the table in front of me that um, I use for campaign notes, I use for rules lookups, I use for tracking those rules that I need to remember and stuff like that. So I don't need the uh, the real estate on the DM side of the screen to remind me of rules because I can just look at the look at the little 14 inch screen that's in front of me. Um, so I, I guess you could could maybe say that that's my DM screen. It's just really small. <laughs> 
Um, but but I, I think that if you don't really care about having secret roles and you can have your stuff digitally in a way that your your players won't see, then I think the need for a, a DM screen goes down significantly. And that's honestly one of the reasons that I never have adopted it is because once I got to the point where where I was using minis, where I was I was DMing in a way that that I was not that I was was always fairly certain that I might have room for for a DM screen. Um, I didn't need it as much anymore because I was using these digital tools to help me out. Yeah, it's I would love to be able to do that, but I am. I'm a paper goblin. <laughs> I don't. I don't actually think that I could make the full digital switch. Mm-hmm. But uh, I. I support those who can. <laughs> yeah, and, and we we still will be doing uh, an episode here in the future about campaign management tools and talking about some of the differences between how Danielle and I both uh, manage campaign, uh, which mm-hmm. there's there's obviously going to be a difference just based upon the, the last 45 seconds of this conversation. <laughs> so um, stay tuned for that because I think that'll be a fun conversation because we'll talk about what we do as well as some other options that are out there. Oh, yeah. And it kind of sounds like we're at pretty opposite sides of the spectrum because you're, you're whole digital, aren't you? Pretty like, much, nearly. yeah. Even even my, uh, I I used to have paper at the table with me that I would write stuff down on, and even that has pretty much gone away. And I now have a like a digital note taking device, um, like a Remarkable or a, a Kindle Scribe, where you can write on the screen, kind of thing. So mm-hmm. even those like paper stuff has have been replaced by a paper analog, and I still do write on, uh, just for that easy quick jot down of oh I need to remember this kind of thing. So, but it's, it's, it's digital. I'm printing myself <laughs> custom coil books. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> pretty, uh, All right. So let's move on and talk about maybe where we get the DM screens. Cause, cause there's a variety of ways to acquire them and, and what you get when you acquire them uh, is going to, is going to vary pretty significantly. So the, the first easiest, simplest, uh, ready to go, uh, it doesn't require any sort of customization type method is going to be to buy official official screens from from the publishers of the game. So uh, both uh, Hasbro Wizards of the Coast and Paizo have uh, official screens for D for D and D and Pathfinder. I couldn't remember which order I said those in. So hopefully I I, <laughs> I, I, I did that correctly. And and um, in addition to being able to buy them di- buy them directly uh, as a as a d- DM screen, some of their starter kits like the Essentials Kit for D and D, and I think even the Pathfinder Beginner Box um, may come with it. I can't remember for certain on that one. They'll come with a screen with them with the other stuff for for beginning play. Um, if you don't want to buy the box, there's definitely you can definitely go to your your local game store and buy screens and stuff like that that are packaged and and ready to go. Mm-hmm. The uh, the advantage I th- I think is as I said you don't have to customize it they 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 have already printed like rules cheat sheets on on the DM side so and they, they typically are going to have some sort of cool piece of artwork on the player side so that it's not just like a piece of cardboard that they're looking at so I think that there's some some good benefit from uh from using kind of these official screens what do you think 
I think I think it uh, works out good, and then you can you don't have to cannibalize a couple of magazines trying to make your DM screen look cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it is nice that they come with with like uh, the pre printed stuff on them. My only complaint is uh, with because I I actually own an official screen for I think um, almost every Dungeons and Dragons system that's come out. Ooh. Yeah, I know. I'm a real nerd. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> but uh, the the thing that I've always found is that it doesn't it's not like organized on the back the way that I would want it to be organized. Mm-hmm. Um but you for for usability, for function, um and for the price, you really can't beat them. They're really really pretty on on the player's side and they've at least got a large portion of the rules on your side and what more can you really ask for? Yeah, and and you did point out like one of the big drawbacks there is that the options for customization are pretty limited uh, in that the publishers have decided these are the rules that we think DMs need to have on their DM screen, and this is where we think they need to be. And if their brain doesn't work the same as your brain does, um, then they're probably in the wrong place. (laughs) Yeah, and then Um, you're still going to have trouble finding them. It'll be slightly faster, but same, same. Uh, and, and sure, you can you can still like print out and tape your own stuff to to the screen and and customize it that way. But if you're going to that uh, effort, then I kind of think maybe you might want to try one of our other two options and and go from there. So let's maybe jump into jump into our other options. And and I think one, the first one is custom purchase screens. Have you ever have you ever looked at one of these like from from an Etsy seller or something like that, Danielle? Oh, I've looked at so many DM screens. <laughs> I, I like them. I like them a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, Etsy. I, I, actually, I, I actively try not to go on Etsy because, you know, there's some things that are just expensive to do. And going mm. on Etsy is one of them. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, like some people when they go to Home Depot. <laughs> exactly. You, you know, you leave with two lifts of lumber that you didn't need. Um. But yeah, so you can find so many cool things on Etsy. And the, even better, even better is if you find somebody who's like making things that you think are really cool and you're like, oh, if only it had, you can just message them and be like, hey, you make these cool things. If only it had this, I would spend that, that whatever the cost is, plus whatever customization fee that they have. And you can, you can get like everything, everything. Yeah, and I think that one of the benefits going this route is that, at least from what I've seen, the the th- things that you'll see from somebody that's selling on Etsy are, are going to be typically at higher quality materials, higher quality craftsmanship than maybe you'll get packaged from from like the the prefab uh, DM screen. They're going to have options for maybe different kinds of wood to have your screen made out of. They'll have nice hinges and stuff like that. So mm. it really is a, a different kind of DM screen. And if so if you're looking for something that's of nice quality, I think this is a this is a good option for you. And and as you said, customization, if you if uh if the if the seller is open to it, you can talk to them about customizing the DM screen to have additional things that maybe you're looking for out of your screen that that maybe they don't have in their store. If they don't, they they probably have several different options for you to choose from as well. So you can pick what's what's the closest fit for you. Yeah, though, I think I think usually they have different options. It's not often somebody does one craft 
And it's like, right. there, I am done. <laughs> I did that craft and now I sell that. And it's fun. No, a lot of times they, they get adventurous and then they come out with just crazy things. They're just the coolest things. And uh, the price the price only goes up the cooler it is. Um, it's not going to stop me from wanting it, though. <laughs> yeah, I would say that's that's actually one of the biggest drawbacks of, of going this route <laughs> is the price. Because I know I've seen DM screens for $50 and more there. I'm I, Maybe there's something for less than 50 but... I've not seen them. <laughs> I doubt um, it. And I mean, and I know yeah. I've seen them over a hundred dollars. So it, it's definitely you're you're paying for that quality. You're paying for that ability to to customize stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and like you said, with customizing, a lot of times, like the ones that I see on on Etsy, they don't have like the pre printed like rules and things on them. They're just mm-hmm. made of like really nice materials, like you were talking about. Um, so that opens up your opportunity to kind of customize the rules that you want on them. But if you were really, really hoping for a DM screen that pre-printed has the rules, um, I think that it'd be harder to find that on Etsy than it would be on just like the, the basic pre-made. Yeah. So if you want to have like stylistically something that looks like the, uh, the the pre-printed one from a from a manufacturer like like Wizards of the Coast, but you wanted to have the customization options of an Etsy seller, you could buy both and then cut the one up that's from Wizards of the Coast <laughs> and paste it onto your thing, and that you way you have the look and feel. Um, and you're spending even more money on a DM screen. <laughs> you know, uh, just to, like we're we're talking about these, and there's there is one dm screen i just want to throw a shout out to it because it's it's purchasable it's on amazon and uh basically it's a it's a four fold out uh eight and a half by 11 for each panel right and it's Mm -hmm. got those those clear sheet holders on either side and so technically it doesn't come with rules but it's it's got like four page protectors that are visible to the players four page protectors that are visible to the dm the cost is pretty good I think it was like 25 or 30 bucks in Canada. I'm not sure what it's like down there. But uh but it allows for a lot of customization and it is really good for the price point. Yeah, and and that way you can print out full pages and you don't have to worry about all of the little pieces of tape or the glue that you're having to have to stick these on there. You just slide it into the page protector and you're ready to go. Mhm. And I mean You'll, you're still going to get better craftsmanship from Etsy because... Oh, like, certainly. Hmm? You, I, oh, I said, certainly. oh, certainly, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Well, even that, that screen that I got off uh, um, the internet, when it came, like, four of the page protectors were, like, installed upside down. I thought I just couldn't figure out how to, like... <laughs> I was like, it doesn't go this way or does it go that way? And I thought I kept getting it confused, but it turns out it was just bad craftsmanship. <laughs> but still for the price it was a good screen cool um i think the 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 last option that we'll talk about for um acquiring your dm screen Mm. is going to be building your own that's my favorite one (laughs) and this is going to be enable you to truly customize to get exactly what you want because it's all in your hands you are building everything about this thing right Mm. yeah you can you can get pretty intense with what you're going to do with this thing. Um, or you can get pretty unintense. Um, <laughs> the other reason to do like that build your own is budget. And if you have 
zero budget, um, well, maybe there's some Amazon boxes lying around your house that you can use to make a DM screen. It, and a couple it's, old it's, magazines. You cut some pictures out. old magazines. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My my first DM screen, which is uh, a fair fair shot from my current DM screen, which falls into this category. Um, yeah, let's let's talk about your your current DM screen because you you made your own custom DM screen. You showed me a video of it. It's pretty cool. Um, yes, I was hoping maybe you could go through a little bit of it, and and maybe we can start off with just talking about what are the key features of your DM screen that like. That when you built it, you're like, this is what I need. Okay. So um, I had spoken earlier about this as m- and the, actually the biggest cause for me to, to build this thing was a complaint I had earlier in this episode about visibility with the Dungeon mm-hmm. Master screen. I It drives me nuts, right? Having to stand up and down, up and down, up and down. And so I had this, what I thought at the time, to be a genius idea. Turns out in practice, it was. And uh, <laughs> it was genius, and was I a, was a genius. It was, it was, I was a genius. <laughs> and so I basically I built like a castle facade, right? And so my DM screen technically looks like a little castle, and uh, okay. it's it's great. But so my little castle has like this little drawbridge on it as part of the front of the castle, which is great because when my players point at something on the map. And I, I can drop that little drawbridge just for me, and I drop that down, and I can the like I I can just see the battle map. It perfectly frames the battle map for me. Nice. Yeah. So it it completely covered off my biggest issue that I had with with DM screens, which is that visibility. And I just put the drawbridge back up. It's actually really easy to operate up and down, quick and easy. And uh, and then I can all. Do you just, do you like yell out? Lower the drawbridge, lower the drawbridge, and then lower the drawbridge when this happens, or or do you just lower it? You know, I was really excited to do that. I had rigged up like this <laughs> tiny little pulley system, and I was going to have like a fully functioning drawbridge until mm-hmm. I realized how absolutely absurd that was. And because I had like this little this little tiny winch system and everything, I was just wiki 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 wiki, and I was like, I I won't use it if it takes that much effort to use, no matter how cool it looks. <laughs> So, so I did, yeah, I went for function. So you, you've got the you've got the drawbridge. Any mm-hmm. other kind of key features that that you want to share? I think I think it's got a lot of features that you would expect out of a out of a normal DM screen. And so I'm mm-hmm. just going to kind of glaze over those ones. Um, the things that I'm most excited about are number one, I built the whole thing out of wood, and it's modular. And so I do have a very big table space. So I can put this thing up and take it down, fold it away, which is nice. And it does take up a lot of space on the table, but my table is massive. It's four feet by eight feet. So I got the room to do it. Nice. Um, But I painted, so it's built out of wood, but I painted it with this magnetic paint. And so the entire surface of of the DM screen is magnetic. And so I can post notes wherever I want using magnets, which I love. And my absolute A1 most favorite thing that I did, I'm going to do my best to describe this, ask questions if it doesn't make sense to you, because it might not. But uh, I cut this little hole, picture, I don't know, about a one inch curved hole, right? And I've got a disc on the back, and so I can spin the disc. And so the front image on this disc is like, um, 
a circular image of, of the sun rising, setting, and then the moon coming up, right? Okay. So you're doing this for like time of day stuff. For time of day. And on my side of the disc, it's, it's literally 15-minute increments with, with the hours marked out, sunshine, morning, afternoon, night, like all that information is on the back. And so when my players are making actions, and this I love this because I can walk away from the table and I can come back and I know exactly when it was, right? Mm-hmm. So I could go look at my DM screen, right? And I don't always need this level of information, but I could go back to my DM screen right now and know that it was 1 p.m. when they finished playing. And every time they make an action, I just turn the disc a little. But I really like the kind of like the visual that it gives my players because on their side of the screen through this little viewing port, because the other side of the disc is just um, the scenery, right? And so they never ask me, well, what time of day is it anymore? They just, this is actually super cool, I oh, would I love say. This. Because it's so cool. the number one question that I always hear from my players, well, what time of day is it? And, yeah. <laughs> and ultimately I'm like, uh... <laughs> Yeah, uh, midday. <laughs> yeah, and you just kind of like throw something out, make a best guesstimate. But this helps me keep track of everything. I can come back to it. I know when a day has passed, when they're tired, when they're good for another long rest. And uh, and from their perspective, they just see like morning sun, noon sun, night sun, and then the moon come out. And so they never ask me that question anymore. They have it from like this 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 pre-timepiece era representation, right? Because they're not they I don't they don't have a clock. They only have like the sun, you know. It's like, oh I don't know, it's about midday. And they can make that estimate on their own. Nice. Yeah. And so that's I think my favorite thing about the entire DM screen. And that's that's the level of customization that I really enjoyed about making my own DM screen. Is like I've got little shelves and I've got little drawers and I've got a pen holder and a dice tower, but putting in like these couple of extra things that just kind of really sweeten the pot for me. And uh, let me tell you this, though. I put a lot of time into planning this piece because uh, I'll be honest, balsa wood, when you look at like a little bit of balsa wood, you're like, oh, that's super cheap. But then you buy a bunch of it (laughs) and you're like, hey... That adds up, <laughs> you know, and so I, it's not something I wanted to like have to redo, especially since it took a bunch of time, but it looks so cool. So about how long would you say it took you to to build it? Mm, I got really excited about building it. The first night that I started on the project, I started, I was like, I'm just going to make a couple cuts. And that was at like 8 p.m. And then I forgot to go to bed and I had to go to work the next morning. (laughs) (laughs) uh, I think grand total, I'd say it took me about 40 hours, like all said and done. But um, like I put little bracing on my little towers, you know, all that stuff. I I custom built its own dice tower on one of the pillars. I've got a little viewing window where I can put up pictures of NPCs and things. Actually, that's another big one is that I've got a little window and I can drop this this panel down and kind of change out this picture, right? Okay. And so I've always printed out NPC pictures, whether I sketch them or, well, now I'll be honest, I just get AI to draw them. And I'm like, oh, guy that looks like this. And it just prints it and that's what I run with. Um, but I also use it for scenery and I can just change out this little viewing window and that's on one of the towers of like the castle, 
Nice. Yeah. So, um, where I said it was, it was balsa wood primarily. Um, do you have hinges that you used to put together anything like any tips or tricks for somebody that might be looking to, to build one on their own? So the primary construction is balsa wood. It's a hundred percent balsa wood, except like a couple of magnets and like paint and some hinges. I found really cool, you know, those cool little antique brass hinges. I use those. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically it's, it's kind of like a three, three pieces, five panels, right? So the main castle, which has two towers and in the center that drawbridge. And then on either side, there's two more panels, but those two panels are hinged. And so each, each of the side comes off and they can just be packed up on their own. And then I just move the two towers and the drawbridge. So it's a total of three pieces, but it folds up a lot smaller than you might think. I mean, cool. obviously not portable. Not <laughs> portable. <laughs> so if this thing ever leaves my house, like even if I have to move, I don't think it's going to survive that. Um, <laughs> I think though, so best tips that I can give is... This is a step. Um, I'm bad. I'm bad with the finishing steps. I always want things to be done faster than, than, than they're going to take me, right? And so I try mm-hmm. to cut corners. And one of the corners that's really easy to forget about with this is the sanding step because balsa wood comes kind of like G1S, like good one side, good. It's or G2S. It's good. It feels like it's sanded, but gently sanding and rounding off all your corners. And any tiny little little fuzzy bits that you find, yep. it uh, it really it made it look so cool. And then I did like a a, a model, right? Like a M O T T E L or L E. I don't know. But I bought like a sponge thing, and then I just sponged okay. gray paint onto black paint. Cool. Um, that way it kind of looks castly. The reason why I specifically went with that is uh, I was initially going to paint it, you know, all like bricks, like stonework, right? But that magnetic paint, you can't have more than like one or two coats of paint on top of before you, and then you, you're you losing all of the effort you put in. Do you, It's six coats of magnetic paint to make that work. Wow. It was a lot. <laughs> yeah, because I was so excited and I was like, awesome. And then like one or two coats of this and then I read the can and I was like, Wow. This this just extended this this project by a long time because you have to give it that dry time in between, right? Yep. Also, painting with that stuff is like painting with marshmallow whip. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. So, like, so be prepared if you plan to use <laughs> magnetic paint. <laughs> oh yeah, whatever brush you're using. Like I don't, I don't, I didn't clean the brush because I don't know how. Because I do not want that stuff to go down my sink or right. like outside. It just, I think I was just going to throw it away and like wrapped up in a bag. But uh, I put little hangers on it. Um, I've, like I said, I've got little shelves. I've made little little dispensers, um, card holders, because I, I, I like those uh, randomizer decks. Mm-hmm. Right? And so basically what I did was I, I took an inventory of the things that I always use, the things that I've always wanted, and then I sat down and I sketched out, um, I don't know, I'd say about 10 different versions of this screen. Uh, before I came up with an idea that that I felt really jived with me, mm-hmm. and w- kind of once I had that set up, 
I I started building it, and I'm glad that I put the the time into planning it and thinking about what I really wanted and and what my personal space requirements are and my my storage and use requirements, and and I kind of just fit all that in, and it's uh, it's everything a, a girl could dream of. Yeah, and that's the thing is like you can when you build your own, you can customize it to exactly your needs. Um, but in order to do that, you got to spend some time planning it because otherwise, you'll build it and then be like, "Oh, but I forgot about this. Mm-hmm. Now I have to go and rebuild it." <laughs> yeah, and the, yeah, and that's like it ended up being like a hundred and fifty dollars in in different pieces of balsa wood and wow. uh, various strips because I bought planking and strips. Yeah, so now the uh the co- the the cost of the uh the the Etsy ones doesn't look so atrocious. <laughs> well, and that's the thing and that's what I was thinking. I was like, "Oh, I could do this so much cheaper." Turns out I can't, and it just took me a whole bunch of extra time to do it. <laughs> right. But you got exactly what you wanted. Oh, I did, and I love it uh forever. So, is this something that um I can put uh uh pictures or video of on with the episode uh page we absolutely can if people want to see it it's, All right. uh, so, it's pretty fancy so listeners if you'd like to see uh um what danielle's uh dm screen looks like you can go to becomingdm.com slash ep83 and it'll be there when the episode is published I think that's all we had to talk about today for DM screens. Hopefully you enjoyed it. And whether you buy uh, or build your DM screen, best of luck to you. Um, We'll be back in two weeks for our mainline episode, but uh, join us next week for our side quest. And this side quest is going to be talking about optional rules in D&D 5e for flanking. So uh, we'll see you then. And until then, stay nerdy, Stay nerdy, friends. Thanks for joining us again. Make sure to share the show with friends to help grow our audience. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash becomingdm. On Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest, we are becomingdm. And our website is becomingdm.com. Becoming DM is produced by John Welsh and Danielle Tremblay. The show is edited by John Welsh. We'll be back in two weeks. See you then.